Love is a verb. Purpose is an action. Welcome, welcome to Who Says Brew podcast. Hello, welcome, welcome, everybody. Yes, welcome to episode three of Who Says Brew podcast. Episode three, quite significant because the consistency is key in this. Definitely. And today we opted to do something a little bit different. We've decided to sit 90 degrees to each other. And the reason for that is what I've learned in having conversations with other people in meetings is when you sit 90 degrees, you leave the opposition or the other party to have enough room to engage and enough room to escape, right? When you're sitting directly at each other, it's almost going to war, going against each other, fully engaged. And when you're sitting in the other spectrum of sitting in line with each other, you're not really talking to each other. Everyone is just in their own world, mm. right? So we're doing this format to see how it works. And so far, it's, it's all right. It's all right. It's an interesting concept. I mean, I'm not very good with change. So changing this format is challenging. And I think it's important to be uncomfortable and learn how to overcome those feelings to be better. It also reminds me of power poses, how your body posture affects your mind and your mood. I remember doing a lot of power poses before exams and it made me feel so confident. I don't know if that was a placebo effect or if it was really the stance that made the difference. I remember watching a TED talk and I was so convinced this lady i can't remember she was a scientist she found research and proof that power poses really make a difference i think also when we dance we're starting dancing lessons by the way we're doing bachata jerry is a very good lead and i think one of the things that our instructor teaches is like he says what does he say he says it's important to stand upright and when you stand upright you're able to lead better yeah right and i kind of agree with what you're saying it's in ontological studies they show that your emotions affect your mood and your mood affects your emotions and your physiology is also affected by your physical stance. So standing tall influences each other, mm. right? So it's vice versa. It's not like one and then the other. So I do agree with what you're saying. Standing tall and standing proud influences our mood and our mood also influences our posture. They're vice versa. It's important to incorporate both. That also leads us to what we want to talk about this podcast. We've already recorded two previous ones. I think it's quite brave of us to start posting on Instagram, being raw and real. I mean, the whole process has been a whirlwind. I'm mostly the editor. I edit sorted out the microphones. It just feels like I'm doing a lot of work, but I will find where the balance is in this partnership. And we'll, we'll get better and better and better. Yeah, and, and it's great that you're sharing this. Right now, we are filming this with a little bit of resentment with each other. And I'm glad that we can share that. Not only are we vulnerable to ourselves, we're vulnerable to each other and we're vulnerable to the public. It's a very cool quote by John Martini, and he says that it's about making your private parts public. Well, private parts, not that part, but you know what I mean. Making your privates public. It's really cool because you sort of dissolve the shame, and when you dissolve the shame, you also dissolve the pride uh, within ourselves. And it's really just about being yourself. Being yourself isn't just about being authentic and being happy and about being whatever, all these positive emotions. Authenticity, true authenticity is about everything, displaying all parts of yourself. Being real with yourself and being comfortable about being angry, being comfortable in being sad, being comfortable in our own depression. And when we are comfortable and we realize what emotions tell us, we're able to grow, right? It's this quote by Dr. Robert Holden it says, no amount of self-improvement makes up for a lack of self-acceptance. I know that's one of your favorite quotes. Yeah, and that really is in line with 
our favorite movie that we watched two nights ago. Everything, everywhere, all at once. It's all about self-acceptance and that part where she was able to uh, make these traumatic things into funny things, especially the part where towards the end, Michelle Yeoh, she turned that grenade into a perfume. In that moment when she was fighting, that was the moment where she fully accepted herself and she was embracing everything. That was quite significant for me because when we fully accept ourselves, we're able to transform and change what's going on in our surrounding. And that was the takeaway for me in that particular part. Want to share your thoughts of the movie? I thought that movie was absolutely brilliant. It's one of my top three movies that I've ever watched that I love. I think one of the first ones that I love was Innocent Man by Tom Ford. It was directed, it was an absolutely beautiful movie. I think it could be number one now. I just thought it was a mishmash of a lot of things. So Michelle Yeoh was incredible and the supporting actors, the husband, I think he's played by Kwan and breakaway artist, the daughter was amazing joy. The directors were the Daniels. I would really recommend people to go out and watch it. It's a movie that you would watch more than once, definitely. The best way to describe, without giving things away, the best way to describe this movie is that it's about acceptance. And once acceptance occurs, things around you change and people change because of that reality. It's your reality and your reality changes when you change it. Mm. You get what I mean? Throughout the movie, she was, I would say, quite a pathetic person resenting her life and what the possibilities and the things that could be. One of the things was like, be careful about all the other realities. If you get stuck in another reality, your brain's going to like explode. That's basically, they don't come back from that. It was interesting for me because all your sister lives. I remember one of my friends gave me this quote. She read it somewhere. Our decisions and everything, there's always two. There's one that goes this way. There's one that goes that way. When you choose whichever boat you choose to go on, just forget about that other boat. Let that boat sink. I think it goes to the etymology of the word decision. What is it? Someone your decision. One of the choices that you make dies. Well, no, the ones that you choose will go for the other part of the choice dies. Uh, actually, you know what? Let me just look it up. Yeah, let's just look it up. There's no harm. So it comes from the Latin word decidere, the etymology of decision, to decide, determine, literally to cut off from de is off and sedere is to cut. Yeah. And then side means death. Uh, I'm not sure where that Side, is. well, think about a homicide. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so the other part of the choice dies. Correct. I think that's very interesting. So just to understand that concept that when you make a decision, all your other possibilities, there's no need to think about that. It's an unnecessary and unfruitful decision. Hmm. I thought that was very interesting about the movie. And I think we'll talk a lot about it. We'll stick it in this podcast because I think it's very relevant and it's a beautiful way to describe a lot of things. Yeah, I think it's just a beautiful piece of art. Yeah. Just going back to your piece about decision, when you're living according to what is most important to you, you make no decision because you're just taking spontaneous action from your thought. Okay, can you elaborate a little bit on that? You're not making any decisions when you're taking spontaneous action, when you're living according to what is most important to you. You just do what is required to do. Consciously, you're not making a decision, but unconsciously, you are. You still, you'll always be making a decision. So let's take a football player, for example, and he's on the field. Yes, there are moments when he decides. In those moments when he's playing football, he says, I'm just going to do this, I'm going to do that, I'm going to do this, I'm going to kick the ball there, I'm going to strike, I'm going to pass, I'm going to defend. So can you see the process, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. There is no decision. 
I agree with you, but I also really disagree with you. Because previously when I spoke about this, humans make decisions. We recognize patterns. Our brain is more powerful than a computer. That's why I think scientists trying to emulate the brain, but the brain is much more powerful than a machine. Yes, a machine can calculate algorithms faster than what we can, but we don't understand what capabilities and the limitations we set on our own brain. You understand what I mean? And this is what John Martini says. You can get all the most incredible scientists in the world. They can't make a human cell that will become another human. You can't make another human. You can clone a human cell, but you cannot create one from scratch. Like that rugby player or that basketball player or whatever football player that's playing on the field, he's actually making micro decisions at the time. And because of his training, the decisions he previously made, made all these patterns and all these things easier for him to recognize. That's why he doesn't need to make a decision. It's an effortless decision. But unconsciously, the things that he did, it's leading up to more decisions. And he's making those decisions faster. They're not necessarily no decision being made. Well, let's say someone's really good at playing the piano and they're playing on stage with an audience. They're just naturally playing keys. They're not thinking about the next key. They're not deciding, oh, should I press the A key or the D key, right? So it's just, there's no decision there. There is an ability to make no decision. The ability to make decision happens when you're living according to what is most important to you. A mom doesn't necessarily have to make a decision to look after the child. I disagree. I think it's good to disagree. Good to have these different opposing ideas. Let's go back to the person playing the piano. Yes, they're in a state of flow, which is that state that feels very effortless. There still is a decision. You decided to go and play. Yeah, but but then you're talking out of that time frame of playing. But at that moment, they're deciding to voluntarily move the fingers. You're still deciding. I think I understand where you're coming from because... No, but then you're not deciding. You're just making a movement. Let's talk about the human body where we're able to not make a decision to breathe. Breathing happens naturally because of the cerebellum and our breathing center in the cerebellum. Yeah, so right. we're not deciding to breathe. We can though. This is a segue into meditation. And this is what I learned on the Vipassana retreat. Why when we meditate and concentrate on the breath, it's so interesting and how that connects the subconscious with the conscious. Because breathing is the only activity that we both simultaneously control and not control. You can decide to breathe faster or slower, but when you sleep, you're not up awake 24 hours thinking that you must breathe. There's that unconscious part. Your body still decides to breathe. It's still a center that is making you breathe. Yeah, but it's not deciding, it's doing it. It's thinking of doing it. But it's unconscious. Yeah, but there's no decision. Okay. Okay, we'll research this more. I think it's interesting to talk about that. You both decide and you don't decide. Let's make it back to relationships. We touched on something earlier of the resentment. Yeah. There has been a little bit of resentment before this filming of the podcast. And I like to explore the resentment more, just from a psychological perspective. Resentment is a mechanism to show you that the relationship is out of fair exchange. And obviously you feel that this podcast journey of us is unfair because you've purchased the microphones and you've also done all the editing. I also did the research on how to do the recording and which microphone to use, what program to use, how to do it, how to edit it, how to use hotkeys. I've spent most of my time editing it while you said and you play Nintendo. Of course, I'm going to feel resentful. I don't play Nintendo all the time. Yeah, I'm not saying you play all the time. I'm not editing all the time either. Just seems like when I'm editing, you're playing Nintendo. Okay, okay. So this is the question. What would you like me to do? Maybe the big question is, how can I help you get what you want while I get what I want? The way that I felt was I was upset because I had to do a lot of the tasks. How I feel a little bit better is that 
you did help with uploading and creating the Podbean, even though I had to force you to do it because it felt like you were, again, trying to put that on me. I said, you know, there's no need to be a Ting Ting and Jerry. It must just be a Ting Ting podcast because I'm doing everything myself. So I might as well just do it myself. And I think, yeah, that helped me stand up for myself. It was me being assertive and standing my ground and being like, this is unfair. You must also do it. That also goes well onto what we want to talk about and what does listening mean? Yeah, I understand how you feel and you have every right to feel the way you did. And this ties very much into the topic of listening. When in the beginning of our relationship, you would nag me to listen, to listen, to listen. And you still do. But I'm starting to understand what listening means more and more with each nag. Listening is really, for me, understanding how you're feeling, listening to your feelings and just offering no solution. I think for a lot of people, when they're listening, they're just wanting to offer a solution, but they're not necessarily looking for a solution. They're just looking for a sounding board. And what helped me realize the power of just listening to someone's feelings was when I'm trying to offer a solution to someone or to my partner, I'm actually just robbing them of their own accountability and responsibility of their own situation, their own issue at hand. And then I realized I should just listen. I should just really understand your feelings and embrace it. Take some of the emotional grief, if you want to call it that, and then they would find their own solution. That was quite significant for me. That helped me to listen more to you instead of just always offering a fixing mechanism, always trying to fix you or offer a solution. And that's my understanding of listening when a partner's asking you, I just want you to listen. No, 100%. I think this hasn't stopped our arguments, but rather I think our arguments have transformed. We now deal with more high-grade issues. I think- <laughs> High-grade? I don't think high-grade. I think there's higher grade. I think there's different grades of the journey that we're on and the little things that we used to worry about. Let's say when we started dating was you didn't know my favorite flower or you didn't know my favorite color. I mean, I find that very silly. As our relationship got deeper, I got upset. Maybe you thought my friends were too loud. Then we would move on and move on and there would be bigger and bigger and bigger and different issues, more complicated issues. You move on and that's what I mean, higher grade. I don't mean what is better or worse. I mean, just the Complexity. Yeah, the complexity of the arguments yes. get bigger. With listening, again, going back to what you said, when you try to give me solutions, you're trying to offer help. Your intention is to help, but it feels like you're trying to fix me. And going back to that fixing, that holier than thou, I'm better than you. I'm already feeling vulnerable. The person that I trust the most, the person that I'm really bearing myself to, also wants to fix me. So then what am I to do? There's no safe space. Yeah. There's no safe space to talk. There's no safe space to be yourself mm. and just be a mess. Mm. Yeah, I completely agree with you. So thank you for helping me to understand how to listen. And I've obviously gone through my own journey of studying and philosophy, teaching and really understanding what it means to listen. Yeah, listening is just to listen to someone's feelings and be there. Not necessarily be there, but really embrace their feelings. Well, you say embrace feelings, but how do you embrace someone's feelings? That's the thing. Like people talk about, oh, just be supportive. Just be there for your partner. No, no. Well, they're not just saying being mean? supportive. So no, I'm not saying just be supportive. I'm saying genuinely find your own reason. I find my own reason to listen to you. And my reason is because I want you to grow as a person. I want you to be independent. And I find that when I offer you a solution, number one, you resent it. But more importantly, if I help you, it can hinder you. To a certain extent, what you may deem can help someone may not necessarily be the help they need. 
And I go back to love and how love can be in different forms and how tough love is just as important as any kind of love. And in showing that, it's how my mother helped my aunt in a different way. She had severe burns in 2000 and she, in recovery after her skin grafts and all of that, she was fed and helped and assisted by my auntie, Auntie Lelo. And you know, my mom went to speak to the plastic surgeon and to the doctors and they said, you know what, you can't keep babying her. You're not helping her. You're actually, in fact, making it worse for her because you're going to make her dependent on somebody else. She needs to learn how to reintegrate into society. And that's why we have occupational therapists. And of course, in Umtata, we didn't have occupational therapists in the year 2000, but that also spoke Mandarin. So my mother had to be the bad person and she had to give my aunt tough love and she took away the help. My aunt saw her as kind of mean, heartless person, but my mother wanted her to be independent, do things by herself. It was flippin' difficult for her. I mean, she really suffered, but look at her today. My aunt is so active. She's 70 years old. She can feed herself. She can wash herself. She drives herself. She like basically climbs mountains. She's incredible. And that's all because my mom didn't try and help her in the way that made her feel better. I wouldn't say it's all because, but it was very significant. Of course, my aunt obviously pulled through and was her perseverance. The thing is, what I'm saying is my mom thought she would help my aunt by giving her someone to assist her all the time. But that's not helping my aunt. That's just helping her to not feel guilty. The way to help her is to let her do it herself. She needs to help herself. And that's what you say. Give the responsibility, give the accountability back to the person. And that way, that person is able to help themselves in the future. It's like, give a man a fish and he'll eat for a day. Teach a man to fish and he'll be able to eat for the rest of his life. Yeah, and when you start listening to the feelings of your partner, you accelerate the process of helping the partner find their own solution. 100%. And you help each other and you also, you get to watch them flourish yeah. and you get to see them do it. Yeah, so we welcome a lot of comments to this for you guys, if anyone has. Just going back to what you were talking about, you talk about high grade, but you're basically talking about how the complexities are increasing. This is everything in life. In fitness, I learned this, that it doesn't get easier. You just become better. And life is going to be like that. Things get more complex because you're worth it. Those complexities keep going harder and harder and harder because you have the ability to achieve more and more and more because we are infinite beings. That's funny because I used to say that all the time in medical school. The students used to ask me when I was in fifth year, the third year students would be like, oh, wow, how are we going to reach your level? Wow, it's going to be so hard. And I remember also saying that medicine doesn't get easier, definitely gets harder, but you just get better and you learn more and you have more skills in your toolbox and you have more things that assist you into dealing with these things. I think that is life and that infinite being quote is absolutely beautiful. Going to the everything, everywhere, all at once. The lady realized that she was an infinite being. That all these past lives, all these future lives, all these possibilities, they are all her. It's all inside of her. She has all of those skills. Mm. And within us, we have all the things that we need and all the qualities and all the non-qualities. It's the yin and the yang and then we have all of that. But at the same time, realizing that even though we're infinite beings, you can be anything, but you can't have everything. And that's something that you really have to wrap your mind around. You can be anything. You can have anything, but you can't be everything and you can't have everything. You have to choose. Again, it goes to the decision. You have to choose. You can't just go through life not choosing. You just have to make active decisions. It goes back to the, the subconscious and the conscious. And it's to understand that that state of flow is not forever. It's a momentary state of flow. And you need so much decision and choice to get to that level. 
and effort to get to that flow. You do need inspiration, but you also need motivation. That neither one is without the other. Yeah, well, motivation is a form of inspiration. We need to be motivated. We need pain. Pain is necessary for growth. Pain is also a great teacher that people try to dull and they try to avoid. Avoiding pain is one of the biggest things that humans do. And I think we need to embrace pain and not move away from it. We have so much medication out there that just dulls the pain. And what people don't understand, and while listening to the Huberman podcast and understanding the pain cycle and all of that, when you numb the pain center... You numb the pleasure center as well. Exactly. Whatever pain you're running away from, you're also running away from the pleasures in your life. You're denying both. Now, I'm not saying all pain medication is bad. I'm saying pain medication is necessary where it's indicated for a chronic illness or for a pathology that requires treatment. I'm saying it's bad when one abuses it, when one uses it to escape a feeling, when people become addicted to certain medications that may numb a feeling and to numb that pain. There's two sides and they're not seeing both sides of a situation. I'm saying that we need to find the root of where that pain comes from. It's such a complicated issue. Scientists and medical professionals, we can't find the perfect cure for pain because it is so subjective. The scale from 1 to 10, my 1 to 10 can be completely different from your 1 to 10. My 8 on the pain scale could be your 3 on your pain scale. And that's where the complexity of it is. In my opinion, it's important to, number one, deal with the clinical manifestations. If there is any clinical issues, solve that. But also dig deeper into the emotional component of where pain stems from. And to kind of go deep. And that in itself is painful. Trying to find the root of where that pain is that may be manifesting into a psychomotor somatic presentation. So it's very complicated and I find it very interesting. I think just going back to our talking points for today, it's important to talk about how your relationship and love cannot be measured by other people's thoughts and their ideas of what love should be for a person. Obviously, there's certain things like there's abuse and stuff like that, which is unacceptable. It's important to realize that us talking now, even with me having resentment towards you and you having resentment towards me, some people might think that we have a bad relationship. But in actual fact, we are able to be open with each other and talk about this. It just shows that I love you and you love me very much, that we can be honest and raw with each other. Yeah, yeah, which is important. Love isn't just about happiness and one-sidedness. Growth only happens when there's challenge. And right now we're both challenging each other and it's important for the sake of the relationship. Why do you fight for something? You fight for something because it's worth fighting for. And because I perceive you and I have a relationship that we both want to fight for. That's why we're willing to fight. There's obviously deeper reasons why we're fighting. That itself we're trying to figure out. Obviously there's just some miscommunication between us. Within the miscommunication itself, there are obviously just a set of beliefs that we are running in our head. It's those beliefs that we need to dissolve and question. Again, it's a questioning those authorities, questioning the beliefs. Where are those beliefs coming from? And the beliefs itself are, are things that we're still trying to figure out something that people love to say is do as I say not as I do but I completely want to change that today on our morning walk it came to me that it was I do as I say we must experience the lessons that we're trying to impart on others and we are going through that and I think that's why it's good to be raw to show the other side of this relationship not just be happy we're always talking or whatever and we also made a commitment even if we're not feeling up to it we'll still record and we'll still do this podcast because that shows we're not trying to hide the other part of it. Part of this podcast is documenting our journey together and our journey is going to have ups and downs. It's being real and raw with each other and with the audience. 
ultimately ourselves. It's so important to discuss these things. We don't want to hide our resented parts. And the more we embrace our resented parts, it means the more we embrace our admired parts, right? Exactly. And that goes back to what you were saying just now. You said that the more you try to avoid pain, you're actually also trying to avoid the pleasure. You're denying yourself of the pain. You're also denying yourself of the pleasure. Yeah, exactly. And that's why we're willing to put this on the internet. Things may go worse from here. Who knows? We could be on camera and just having fistfights at each other. <laughs> I don't think we'll be having fistfights, Jerry. But yeah, of course not. But I'm just trying to say that fighting is important and fighting will happen. There's no point of avoiding it. But think of ways of coming to a dissolution. 100%. And I think fighting within boundaries. We talked about boundaries before. You have your boundaries. I have my hard boundaries. Arguing within those boundaries that I have set for myself and you have set for yourself. That's also very important to have respect for yourself when you argue with another person. Because when you argue with someone and you disrespect them, you're not actually disrespecting the other person. You're actually just disrespecting yourself in the end. When you come to the table and there's an argument, there's a fight, but always have that understanding that this is a team, you're fighting for your own improvement and for the other person's improvement. Mm. I think that's what a marriage is about. I think that's what a relationship is about. I help you grow and you help me grow. We're going to push each other and that's how we're going to grow. And to understand that that's the fundamental part of a relationship. Because without that purpose, without purpose in life, it's very difficult to know where to go. If you don't have a foundation, if you don't have a purpose, it can feel very nihilistic. It can feel very like, what's the point of life? Life. There's so much point. And again, everything everywhere all at once. Yeah, it goes back to the movie. It's like the daughter was in the spectrum from the nihilistic perspective. Nothing matters. She just wants a big bagel. She wants to get sucked into the bagel. Yeah, she was completely nothing matters. And that's why she was so powerful. But in the mom, she went to the complete opposite spectrum, and which also made her very powerful, where every moment, everything matters. It was so cool just coming into that. And I hope we don't spoil this for others. Spoiler ahead. We spoiled it enough already. Just you have to also experience the nihilistic view to feel the other side of it. It's not one or the other. It's everything in between. And it's okay to feel the one or the other. But just know that where you are living and where you reside in time and space is in the middle of both. That makes any sense. We'll touch on that a little bit more. Maybe we can just do a quick summary on what we talked about today. Yeah, so a quick summary. Ting and I are having a little bit of grief between each of us. But in saying that, we've discussed that fighting is quite important in a relationship. The fighting is becoming more complex. Talked about complexities of our arguments. And the complexities are because of how much we've grown. It's not like she no longer cares about the color of flowers I get anymore. Because those are quite trivial. Even though we're fighting, that doesn't make us less or worse. And our love and our relationship cannot be judged by others. We cannot measure by other people's opinions, yes. Yeah, our love cannot be measured by other people's opinions. We also talk about how emotions can be misinterpreted. We also talked about how we must experience the lessons that we impart on others and not do as I say, but rather I say what I do and I do what I say. Touched on the movie Everything Everywhere All at Once. Yeah, it's all about self-acceptance. More than self-acceptance, I think it's more about self-love, loving every part of yourself. Yeah. Just going back to resentments, you know, the, one of the reasons why we're talking about resentments and talking about our fights in public, it's uh, what I said in the beginning, it's about making your privates public, right? If you're going to embrace the upsides, you might as well embrace the downsides. If you're going to take blame, you might as well take credit. If you're not going to take blame, then take no credit too. Also understanding that when you try and deny the pain, you also deny the pleasures of your life. We'll be talking about some more interesting topics next week. Yeah. More about the marriage journey we've been on and um, where do surnames come from? Yeah. I think it's going to be a very interesting and I'm probably going to be on the ship. So it's going to be a different setup, a different location. It's still going to be awesome. 
Mm, thank you for listening, everyone. Thank you so much. Yeah. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. Hope you got some pearls of wisdom. Remember to follow, subscribe, and engage with us on Instagram and YouTube. See, See you, you on, on the, the next, next one. one.